Welcome to Activate Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you, and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. My message today is called, Can You See Him? Can You See Him? I want to read a scripture to you. It comes out of Matthew uh, chapter 17, and it begins in verse 14. It's a story about Jesus who heals a little boy. It says in verse 14, And when they came to the crowd, a man came to him, kneeling before him, and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire, and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. Verse 17, And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, He's so, I mean, only Jesus can get away with that, right? O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. I think that's interesting that he had epilepsy, but Jesus rebuked the demon. Just a little side note. And it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Do you know why they did that? Because they were embarrassed. They said, we prayed and nothing happened. Don't, don't be confused. Of course they prayed. It's just that they prayed and nothing happened. Do you ever had that happen to you? We have three honest people today and welcome to the three of you. And for everyone else, there's prayer at the end. They came to him privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like, the, like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing, everyone say nothing, nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. Faith is the ability to see spiritually what we often can't see physically. Faith is the ability to see spiritually what you can't see Physically, and everyone knows what I'm talking about because you've prayed for things that you haven't seen before. Sometimes your prayers haven't been answered. I remember uh, many years ago, uh, many years ago, I, I played laser tag. Have you ever played laser tag? All right. So, so the way that laser tag works is that you wear like a special vest. And when you're wearing that, that vest, you know, people can shoot lasers at it. And if it, if it hits you on some part of the vest, it disables your gun and all the rest of it. Anyway, so... so um, in the, when you play laser tag, it's all dark and very disorientating. It's like strobe lights and, and, and all the rest of it. But oftentimes you can't see and it's like a maze. So you really don't know where you're going. Now I like to win. So when I was playing laser tag, uh, there was a point where I thought, uh, I, I thought someone was like chasing me. So I started running as fast as I could. Now, did I tell you that you can't see really well? All right, because I ran as fast as I could and with absolutely zero preparation, I mean, I ran straight into a wall. No stopping, no slowing down, was not ready for it. It took me by surprise. I hit the thing so hard, I literally bounced back. I may have smashed the vest, I don't know. But I bounced back and I didn't even really know what had happened because I couldn't see it and I was totally unprepared for it. And it's just sort of what happened because I was running in a place I couldn't see. Running when you're blind isn't brave, it's, it's actually kind of dumb. 
And, and, and that's what I did. And I want to tell you guys that if you're racing through life and you hit a wall, you may have been spiritually blinded by something. Have you ever just, you've been praying, you've been hoping that God was going to answer your prayers and you just hit a wall, something that you couldn't get beyond. And sometimes we hit some of these walls because we have become spiritually blinded and blindness is a serious problem. See, faith sees, but blindness, it's, it's disabling. Blindness is a serious problem. The disciples have experienced it. We just read a story about them. You've experienced some kind of spiritual blindness, something that was happening that you couldn't see. I've experienced blindness. And here's what blindness really is. It prevents your mind from seeing what God is able to do. Blindness prevents your mind from seeing what God is able to do. Now, I'm speaking this morning to seasoned Christians. I mean, if you're here and you're not a Christian, I'm so glad that you're here. You can lean in and listen to this. But I want to say this message today is for people that have been Christians for a long time. And I've seen so many experienced Christians be totally spiritually blind. They have no idea how they got to where they are. They have no idea how to move past where they are. And to be honest, they just feel completely stuck. And all kinds of things can make you feel stuck. And bring on spiritual blindness. For example, you may have been a person that was full of faith until you got a diagnosis for either you or someone else. And it freaked you out so much that you just couldn't see that God was able to answer that prayer anymore. Or maybe you have a child that's far from God and they're so far and you've been praying for them to come back to God and they've been away so long you just started to think, I don't know if God is able to do that anymore. I'm not sure that he's able. That's When you start to think like that, that's spiritual blindness. Maybe you're in a marriage right now that is so fractured and broken. In, in all honesty, not that you would tell anyone really about this, but in all honesty, you say, it's never going to get better than this. We are completely broken. I don't know how to restore it. I don't know how to make this any better. I don't think God can really fix this. You have a relationship. It's so busted up and so broken. Which is, it might be a family member, whoever else. But when you come to the point where you think that God is no longer able to move in your life, I want to tell you that it's completely possible that you are totally blind to what God is able to do with your life and with your future. We just spent a couple of days away uh, with, with our staff team. And, and one of the guys on our team, Zach Hooper, he's our business manager and, and, and Zach, if, for those of you that don't know, he's colorblind. And so I was sitting across for him, and I can't remember how we ended up talking about it, but, but we, were, we were talking about it, and I asked him this question. I said, how did you know you were colorblind? Because I realized something. If you were born colorblind, what would be the key indicator? How long would it take before you realized that you couldn't see like everyone else. Because if you're born colorblind, then you may not know. And so he said, I was about 12 or 14, 12 to 14 years old before we realized. I said, 12 to 14 years old. How did you not realize? He said, well, I kept explaining it away. I just thought that the other guys were wrong, you know? (laughs) 
He, he, he didn't realize it until one day his parents, they took him to this test and he was sitting there and, he, and they were putting these cards in front of him and all he had to do was read numbers. But he's 14 years old, right? So he thought it's the easiest test of his life. So, so they're just putting numbers in front of him and he's like 12, 13, 99. Like he was looking at it and he's thinking this test is easy, right? He looks at his mom and he's looking at uh, the person that's running the test. They don't give him anything. He gets to the end of the test. Zach is so confident. He's ready to just drop the mic and walk off. He's like, I nailed it. I know how to read numbers, you know. And, and so he should when he's 14 years old, right? And then at the very end of the test, they said to him, well, we know we can absolutely confirm that you are completely colorblind. And he, and, and they, well, he's not completely but he is colorblind because the only people that could read those numbers are the people that are colorblind. He thought he was passing, but he wasn't, he, he wasn't passing. And that was the first time that he realized. And, and I want to tell you that you don't always realize you're blind. You don't. You don't know. You know how we always say you don't know what you don't know? You might not always know that you're colorblind so how do you know? Well, good news, I'm going to give you the answer to that question. Here's how, here's how you know that you've become spiritually blind. Here's how you know. You cannot see a way forward. You cannot see a way forward. You no longer believe that God is able to answer your prayers. Did you know that the Bible says without vision, people perish? There is a link between what people can see and their hope. Because when you can see direction, when you can see a way forward, then there's some kind of hope for your future. You can move forwards. But when you can no longer see in any direction, any way to move forwards, whether it's your house or your relationships or a loved one, when you get to that point, it starts to feel hopeless. And I just thought I would ask you this question this morning. What looks completely hopeless in your life right now? I mean, what looks completely hopeless. You no longer are certain that God is able to answer that prayer. Even as I'm saying this, I think that there are people here who have been spiritually blind, but you didn't realize it. But now that I've said it's the areas of total hopelessness you start to look at those areas in your life and think, maybe I am blind to what God could do in that part. Because this morning, what I want to remind you, I want to remind you, it's, it's always your mind that's blind. So I'm gonna, I want to remind you. Let's go back to what you once held as true. Let's go back to what you previously believed God was able to do. Let's go back to the time when you heard that promise. Let's go back to the words that you heard spoken. Let's go back to that place where you thought God was able to do it before the, 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 whatever happened in your life beat you down to the point where you thought, I don't think he's able to do it anymore. I want to remind you that our God is the Lord Almighty. He's the Lord Almighty. I want you to realize something this morning, that he is able to do abundantly above what you think or hope and imagine. And if that is just some kind of Christian rhetoric that you have become used to hearing, hearing and it is going one in, in one ear and out the other, you are sitting in the group of people this morning that is not going to catch what God wants to do. 
Because you have become so accustomed to church and experience and hearing that your faith is so low and you no longer even recognize that God wants to move in your life. But I'll make you this promise. He does. He wants to move in your life today. You know, a a couple of, uh, it was like a month ago, I went over to the States, went over to America. And while I was over there, there was one restaurant that I really wanted to go to. Just just one. It's called Chick-fil-A. I've heard about this place. People talk about Chick-fil-A. I, I, I want to experience Chick-fil-A, right? So I go over there and I, and, I, and I order a couple of different things on the menu. But as I'm leaving the country, do you know what someone tells me? They say, oh, did you order off the secret menu? <laughs> what a dumb question. How could I order off the secret menu? Even, even your question should tell you that I didn't do that. I didn't order, you can actually get like a cheesecake, like blueberry milkshake, but they don't list it. It's on the secret menu, right? And my question to that person was, how am I supposed to place an order for something that I don't know exists? That, that's impossible. So you can't have what you can't see. You can't ask for what you can't see. You understand what I'm saying today? You can't ask for it because you don't see it. So you didn't know that you could have it. You can't ask for what you can't see. Man, I'll tell you something this morning. Faith, faith moves God. Faith, if you're looking for God to move in your life, here's what it's going to come down to. The fact that you believe he can. It's faith is the thing that moves God. He responds to the fact that we believe him. But I've got to tell you the truth. I'll be really honest with you. Is that for all the times and seasons that I've had faith in my life, there has always been a significant challenge that has met that. See, here's the, here's the problem. If I can have those for a minute. This. Do these turn on? Oh, I wish they turned on. That would have been cooler. This is how my problems addressed. My problems addressed with ones that just wave me in. Did you like that? I don't know what I'm doing, but it feels right. This is why they don't let me do the car park duty. So, so my problems are dressed in a high-vis vest. And they always capture my attention. And every time I feel like I'm moving forwards, something will arise and say, let's just get your focus right now. If you can just pay attention to me. Hey, 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 stop where you're going, right? That's right, this way. My problems are always trying to tell me where I need to go. And here's the greatest challenge. My problems in life are always very visible, I can point to it. I can talk about it in great detail. But my Savior is invisible. So when you have problems that are just waving you in, and your Savior is invisible, you need something strong enough to actually override the fact that your problems are waving you in. You need something called faith. You can have these back. I got, a couple of weeks ago, I I got sick. Serious condition, man flu. 
And, and, I, and I, I just, I wasn't well. It was a Wednesday. I stayed home from work. I even read the Bible that day. And it got to be about 9.30 at, at night. And I'm going to tell you a story, which is actually kind of embarrassing because I know I'm the pastor of this church, but I just want to be honest. I feel like, feel like I can do that today. Can I do that? and be honest here today. All right. So it gets to about 9.30 at night. And I tell you, I went through a box of tissues, right? Because my nose was just sort of running. I went through a box of tissues in a couple of hours. I mean, I was no good, right? And it gets to uh, be about 9.30 at night. And God said to me, so clearly, I was watching television at the time, and it just kind of interrupted my thoughts. He said, hey, why haven't you prayed about this? Why don't you just go and pray yourself healthy? See, I was so focused on my sickness and so feeling so average that I forgot the sickness was something that Jesus died for. I became so focused on my health that I didn't even think about asking him to heal me. And I'm telling you right now, there are people everywhere that are so focused on what's happening in their life that they forget what Jesus died for. They forget what Jesus has done for them. They forget that they can go, didn't he say that it's by his stripes that we're healed and saved? Or have you encountered some nose and hit a wall to the point that you no longer believe that? See, I have this sneaking suspicion, and it works like this. I'm going to preach on this in in, in a couple of weeks' time, right? I have this sneaking suspicion that really at the heart of it, when you don't pray regularly or consistently or speak to things that are happening in your life, the the reason you don't do that is because honestly, you're not even really sure that prayer works. Because if you really believed it, every time something went wrong, wouldn't the first place be would be on your knees asking God for help? And so when you just sit and live with your problems and you no longer talk to God about it, you've become so accustomed to your problems. You've become so comfortable with them in your life. You're no longer asking him to do the miraculous because you're not even really sure that he can. And if you get to that point, I can tell you right now that you are experiencing some spiritual blindness. You're not really seeing things the way that they are. Man, I discovered something about the Bible. The Bible has its own secret menu. Now, it's not supposed to be a secret, but I suspect that it is to a lot of people because they don't look in it and see what they can order. They don't read this thing. Did you know that there is in this book promises that God says you can have? Did you know in this book there are things that God says that you can do? But if you don't read it, if you don't actually look at the menu, you're never going to be able to place an order. It's not going to really happen for you. And I want to talk to you guys this morning about something really important, which is how to start to shift some things spiritually in your life. Now, I want to tell you this morning, you can read this book. You can read it. You can, you can, I mean, come on. How many people do you know that read it and don't get what you get? This book has existed for thousands of years, and yet there's billions of people that don't understand what it's got in it, which tells me a couple of things, which is that people can read it, but they still don't have to see what it says. They can read it and ask for some things, and maybe they do happen, and maybe they don't. But I guarantee you one thing that will prevent your order, what your requests are, 
your prayers, I can guarantee you something that's going to prevent them from becoming fruitful. You've got to start to really see Jesus as he is. You've you've got to put that in its proper place. You need to see Jesus as he is, as he is. There are people that have read this book all over the world and they see Jesus differently. Now, here's the thing. If you see this book and if Jesus is just a man, then you should not suppose that you will receive anything. He's just a good guy. If you read this book and to you, Jesus is a historical figure, then you should not suppose that you will receive anything anything. It all comes back to the way that you see Jesus. If you read this book and you think, man, he's a, he's a nice guy. He's just great. Like, I love what he was doing for, for women. It was really about liberating women. If that's what you think Jesus really came to earth for, you're going to miss out on so much. And Jesus knew this. Even in his day, there were people there, were, there was rumors circling, circling around about who he was. And so one day Jesus is traveling with his disciples and he asked Peter, he says, who do you say I am? Now that question is the most important question you will ever answer in your life. And trust me, in your lifetime, you're going to answer millions of questions. Who are you going to marry? Where are you going to live? What kind of job are you going to do? How many cars do you need? Where are you going to put your superannuation? There's all these important things. But every single one of those questions pales and is a distant, distant second to the question of who Jesus really is in your life. You need to be able to answer that. Now, I know that some people just come and they can attend church for years without seeing who Jesus really is. It's easy to do. You just slip into the routine. I think that sometimes people can become so familiar with their problems, they forgot about the possibilities because they don't see Jesus as he is. And if you can't see a way forward, I want to tell you this morning, it's possible that there might be a reason for that. There may be a reason for that. So let me, I want to read a scripture to you. This comes out of... Is this okay, by the way? You're, you're so quiet. I'm just going to assume that you're listening. Listening. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. This is Paul the Apostle. He writes this. He says, And even if our gospel... The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty for sin because the Bible says the wages of sin are are death. He already paid that price so that you don't have to. And if you come to him and you ask him for forgiveness of your sin, you trade places with him. You get his perfect life in place of your sinful one. He forgives you of all of your sin and his righteousness comes on you. And so every time you go to God, he doesn't see all the sin and all the junk and all the bad stuff. He sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus, which puts you in a 
great position because that means that no matter what junk is going on in your life today, no matter what you've been struggling with, no matter what the private battle that you've got, your secret, the secret that you've got, whatever that thing is, right? You can come to him boldly. You can come to him confidently knowing that Jesus has done what you could never do for yourself, right? So that is the gospel. He says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it's just veiled. You know, things are still true even when they're veiled. The gospel is just as true as it's always been, but if it's veiled, then it's hidden. It doesn't make it less true. It just means that people can't see it. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, we call him Satan, has blinded the what? He's blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Can I tell you, I have met some unbelieving believers Yeah, some, some unbelieving believers, they, they believe, but they don't believe. They trust in God for their salvation, but they don't think that he can get them out of their situation. They believe in God, but they don't believe enough to know that he can heal them from the sickness that's in their body. They believe, but they don't believe. He says that it's the mind that gets blind and it blinds the unbelievers and keeps them from what? Keeps them from what? Keeps them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Man, I want to I explain something about what the enemy tries to do to you to, to mess up your life. And so I'm just gonna, I need a couple of volunteers. I'm going to take, I need someone that's tall. Who's tall? Who's, Shane Van Cedars. Can you please come down here? Uh, I'm going to take Xander. I need Xander. I need you. And, uh, and Ruth Holly, why don't you jump up? Ruth, can you grab a microphone just as you come past Phil? And we're going to do something that's a little bit interesting right now. Now, I want to explain to you how this whole thing works. I feel like it's going to unlock something. Ruth, can you please just come stand over here? I feel like a magician. This feels fantastic. <laughs> All right, so Shane, I, I, you can stand right there. Xander, come over here, right? Now, here's the thing. It's, this is very important that you can see Shane. No, no, no. You just stand right here for a sec. All right. Now, now I chose Shane because, I mean, in this illustration, Shane is like God. And I chose him because, <laughs> well, because he's the most godly person that I, I know. And I also needed someone else to represent Satan, okay? <laughs> Don't... Don't read into that. <laughs> Don't read into that. All right. So, so Shane, I want you to stand right here. And, uh, and then you, just for the purpose of this illustration, you'll be playing this part of Satan. Now, what I need you to do, Shane, if you could just face Ruth, and I need you, you, however you want, I want you to hide as much of Shane as you can. Are you ready? Right? Now, now all right. Yeah. I mean, I mean get, can you give him some encouragement, please? He's doing his best. He's doing his best, right? So, I mean, don't actually touch him because he's pretty big. So, so, so hide as much as you can. All right. Now, Ruth, I want to ask you a question. This is a very important question. Yeah. Are you doing your best? Yeah. All right. <laughs> can you still see Shane? Yes. All right. Here's, here's, the, whole, here's the whole point, right? 
as hard as Xander tries, he, he can't, this is, I'm sorry, he can't hide Shane, yeah. right? You know why he can't hide him? Because Shane's bigger than him. And no matter how much he tries, he can't hide him, all right? Satan is so much, you need to understand this about how the devil tries to work in your life, okay? He's so much more smaller and insignificant, he cannot hide God from you. He, He can't do it. He can try, but the Bible says that creation displays that God is is here. You know, in Romans chapter 1, you can read that. So no matter how much he tries, he's not going to be able to hide him. But you know what? Here's something he doesn't have to. Can I show you something else? Xander, come over here. I want you to do something. He's not bigger than Shane. He's not bigger than him. But if you can just take your hand, and I want you to just place it over her eyes. Now, again, answer me now. Can you see him? Can you see Shane? No. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please give our volunteers a round of applause? (laughs) Satan is not bigger than God. He cannot hide him. The best he can hope for is to blind you. Because if he can blind... He's not big enough to stop God. He can't do it. The best he can do is blind you. Do you know why? Because he, he doesn't want you to look at Jesus. Do you know why? Because when you start to see Jesus as he is, when you see Jesus, it builds faith. Faith moves God and God moves problems. Do you get that? When you see Jesus as he is, you start to think he can do it. It's, it, it, it's possible. So he can't stop him. He just blinds you because faith is built when we see Jesus. Faith moves God. When you pray, faith moves God. And God moves your problems. If you have a problem in your life right now and you can't shift it, maybe it's because you need to backtrace your steps and say, well, if my prayers, just possibly, not always, but possibly... If your prayers aren't moving God, maybe you have an obscured picture of the glory of God. Maybe it's possible that you no longer think that he is able. You no longer believe that God is able to answer your prayers. I just wondered how many people have been blindfolded. How many of you guys are in here this morning right now that you've been blindfolded? It's the area of hopelessness in your life. It doesn't matter whether it's your finances, your relationships. It could be your marriage. But wherever you think that God can't operate in your life, that's the place where you have become spiritually blind. You see, the enemy is always trying to conceal what God has already revealed. And if you check the scriptures and you start to read this, what you'll start to get is a picture of who Jesus really is. Now, here's my point. If you can see this, you can start to shift that. Make sense? You with me so far? So would it be okay with you this morning if I was to do my little own unveiling? Can I unveil some things about Jesus today? Is that all right? So here is a scripture that's written in Revelation chapter 1. It's written by the apostle John, the disciple that Jesus loved, but I got to admit that is a self-appointed title. And he wrote this 
I've got this feeling this morning that if you see what's written here, it's going to transform what you think is truly possible. You ready for it? All right, here it is. Verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12. He says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. Just stop a minute. Sometimes you got to turn. You got to, you, you, you got to turn. Man, so, sometimes Jesus is speaking to you, right? We, we, just, we just spent three weeks learning how you can walk in the opposite direction. But if you hear the voice of God, you, you got to turn to see who's speaking to you. He says, I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on the turning, say on the turning, on the turning. That's when he saw it, isn't it? He turned from what he was looking at. Could be a problem. Something that you think God's not able to do. And where did his eyes go? He starts to refocus. He says, I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on the turning, I saw seven golden lampstands just for today. Those are churches. They just represent churches. Okay. He says, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, that's Jesus, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. Now listen to how it describes him in verse 14. It says, the hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in full strength. Verse 17, when I saw him, this is the apostle John. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet, though dead, but he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. When someone has the keys, it's a symbol of his authority over those things. He has authority over death and Hades. I, I feel like, I, let me just explain to you who this Jesus really is. And if you can start to see what John saw, then maybe you'll start to think like John thought. Maybe you can get access just the same way that John did. He says his voice was like the roar of many waters. It speaks to his authority. Now, every time Jesus speaks, he's not just saying words. He speaks with authority. And I just wonder how many words and promises you've spoken that you started to just think, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. What promises have you heard where you went, that was 10 years ago. I, I just, I'm not sure. If he's able to do everything that I heard that day, his voice, when he speaks, he speaks with authority. He says his hair was white, like snow, like white wool. Speaks to his infinite wisdom. What problem? I wonder what problem you have that you can't solve, that you think is unsolvable. You've got to understand that when you come to, to, to Jesus, he has infinite wisdom. So how long will you just sit with your impossible problem before you start to give it back to him and say, God, what do I do in this situation? What am I supposed to ask for? I don't know where to go. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I feel about ready to give up. You've got to know he's going to guide and direct your path. Infinite wisdom. 
It says that his eyes are like flames of fire. You know what that means? It means that he can see through every facade and every, every, listen, when you come to church, you may, you, you don't have to be fake in this place. You can come to this place and pretend like everything's okay, but I'm just giving you permission today to actually just just let us know how you are really going. Because if you want to see genuine life change, you better start to be be honest about where you're at. And even if you try to lie to everyone else around you and tell them that it's okay, you should know that Jesus sees right where you're at. You know, the reason why people aren't honest is so often because they're embarrassed. You should know you have nothing in you that Jesus can't fix. There is nothing about you that is so far gone that he can't save, redeem, heal, touch, transform. I'm telling you right now, he can do it all. The last thing it says, he says that his feet are burnished bronze. You know what that is? It, it is the power to step on any opposition that should come against you. Any opposition. Can you see him, church? Can you? No, no, no. Can you see him? Can you really see him? Because if you can't, you're going to miss out on what he's able to do. And I'll tell you right now, there is a whole host of activity to stop you from seeing what God is wanting to do in your life and with your future. And I feel like this morning, the thing that you need to do is just take that blindfold off. You need to start seeing again. Get get your eyes off what your problems are and start to look again at your Savior. Because when you see Jesus, it builds faith. Faith moves God and God moves problems. So if you need a problem, problem that's solved in your life, you can start by looking at your Savior and go, you've got this. You're more than able. I promise you right now, God is more than able. You know what you should do? You should start to introduce your problems to Jesus. Hello, problem. Have you met Jesus? You are no match for him. You know, many years ago, I remember... I had, I had a pastor in my life. I remember I was having a conversation with them one day. And they said to me, uh, I, I had some ideas. It was something to do with ministry. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I remember what they said back to me. They said, Ben, they said, you have no idea. You have no idea. You would never make it on a ministry team. You would never survive in ministry. You don't, you, don't have, you don't understand these things. Now, those are blinding words. And I can allow, I guess they were kind of right, because I ended up not being on the team, I ended up leading the team, which is a completely different thing, okay? So I guess that she was kind of right. But, but I could have allowed those words to blind me from what God wanted to do, but, but I didn't. And it wasn't because I looked at myself and I said, no, I'm able to make it. I said, God, if you want me there, you can have me there. I can have what you say I can have. I can do what you say I can do. I can be healed from the things you say I can be healed from. And it all comes back to how you see Jesus in your life. You see, if you see him clearly, it's going to shift some things in your life. I wonder how many people just need the blindfold taken off today. 
You need to be lifted off your eyes. You've been convinced of things that aren't true about you. You've been convinced of things that aren't true about others. You've been convinced about problems that are in your own life. But I'm telling you right now, if you're, if you're able to see him as he is, man, God's going gonna, gonna to go to work today. I want you to stand to your feet. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.